0: Hi, my name is Edith Sabo, and this, this is my podcast. A podcast that talking about inspiration, hope, and different ways to live a better life. I'm so happy that you are with me. You are very, very Welcome. actually another podcast on English and it is because I have this amazing friend Nick Watson who gave me this amazing gift to listen to her story and her story is made me cry and it's not because I, I was sad but because it was so beautiful. Nick and I met for some years ago uh, as a polarity therapy uh, student and also as an ISHTA yoga member. And she went through breast cancer and uh, everything that comes with that. And so many people around me suffering right now with this sickness. And I wanted to give them a story that gives them inspiration and hope. So here is our chat. There you go. Record Recording in progress. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that we just chatted before like I'm always doing when I'm talking to someone because I want to be this like I'm talking to you you're not really realizing that it's a podcast it's just you and me and like mm. all these people who are listening I'm very very happy that you said yes to this podcast because this topic is for me it's big mm. and uh, I I knew you some some years now and mm-hmm. I follow you for some years now and things are happening in your life and we are going to go through that as well but mm-hmm. can you describe yourself I don't want to I want I don't want to describe you so can you just mm. describe who you are Nick
1: <laughs> yeah well that is always evolving <laughs> on my journey uh But overall, I am a follower of yoga, I am passionate about Ayurveda, I am, you know, I use the word a wellness coach, but it's really a friend to those who are looking for wellness and balance in their lives. And um, I've always been a teacher, Um, it's been, you know, in my blood since I was a kid, and you know, my my sister would say, let's play shops. And I'm like, no, well, let's do the classroom. So uh, I think it's it's been there with me. I've been an English teacher. Um, I've been in real estate. I went into yoga teaching. and um, And I guess, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm always teaching. So let's put the stamp of teacher on me.
0: Yeah. And it's so much like... That's why I think we become friends because I am also mm-hmm. a teacher big time, always, all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. If,
0: you, if you if you back then, like when I was three years old, they asked me, who are you? I said, who are you, who you want to be when you become uh, an adult? I said, teacher, like period. Mm-hmm. I'm always coming back <laughs> to that. Yeah. But you, your, your journey, I mean, the last years I've seen you since I met you, you are always traveling somewhere. You are always like traveling everywhere. Mm. You are actually, where, where are you from? I met you in New York, but you are not from New York.
1: No, I am originally from Edinburgh uh, in Scotland. Um, and and actually I have really strong roots in, in Scotland. So, you know, I do have all my family here. Both my parents are Scottish. My entire family are Scottish. And I've also always been traveling around, and I think that's that's really picked up its pace in the last couple of years. So, um, but I always kind of come back to my Scottish roots, and I think that's really strong in me, even though I'm, you know, if you were to put a pin on me, like GPS, drop the pin where you see me, i look, you know, <laughs> now I'm here, now I'm there, now I'm here. <laughs> but I'm always, I'm always with me. <laughs>
0: What does it mean to you that you're Scottish-like heritage? What does that mean for you?
1: Mm, yeah, that is, uh, you know, so important for me because I I feel, and maybe your listeners have been to Scotland and maybe they haven't, but for those who haven't, um, what you need to know about Scotland is it's, it's very land-based um, and the land is... Beautiful and rugged and harsh. The climate is harsh um and full of, of rocks and and grandeur and resilience, you know. And I think that is the part of me that I I kind of take with me. You know, we we Scots are kind of hardy. Like we 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 kind of weather the elements and um and through, through positive things and through negative things, you know, positive things, we have a great sense of humor. Um, We're able to, you know, take things that are super serious and kind of have a little bit of a laugh around them, even though it can feel really dark uh, to others. And then there's also the part of the Scots that don't <laughs> do that well, you know, that are, you know, drinking and eating bad diets and so on. So <laughs> it's like we we have a real smorgasbord of coping mechanisms from you know fried food to good humor (laughs) and And and, and i and i love it and i and i love it and i fight it and i love it and i fight it and you know um so it's complicated but i do know that this idea of the the resilience you know the the kind of fighter um like the keep goingness i think is is definitely in my blood um yeah that kind of william wallace brave heart feeling is definitely something that i don't need to cultivate cuz it just is 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 here in my blood
0: mm-hmm. mm. but you left that and you you went yes. to work.
1: I did. I left that because the flip side of that resiliency is uh, closed-mindedness and kind of parochial, um, Calvinistic, don't dance on a Sunday, you know, kind of feeling of just, you know, be small, stay small um, and very uh, puritanical. Mm -hmm. And, And I didn't there was that also that kind of wild side to me that just didn't want to to be stuck and just keep doing the same old same old and um and 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 kind of denying intuition denying um that there's more than just what you're told mm-hmm. and um and that's and, and i wanted to go and discover things and so i left i left scotland i lived in in france for a while i lived in italy for a while and then i i lived uh in new york where we met mm-hmm.
0: and how how come to you to to yoga like why
1: yeah you know i i still wonder why you know i i kind of feel that my life has been things seeking me as opposed to me seeking things. I know that prior to doing yoga, starting yoga, I was miserable uh, and stressed. And, you know, I think this is the part that I encourage people to to see in themselves, which is the part that there is some self-saving part. As much as we have a self-sabotaging part, which we all know what that looks like, it's going to play out for you different from me, but I know what it looks like for me. I think as much as we have a self-sabotaging part, we have a self-saving part. And so, and I think that's the part where we're kind of surprised, like, oh, I don't really know why I got into yoga. I kind of do, like, there is a part of my brain that can give you a logical story, but above all that is there's some part of me that realized that I was suffering I was in in pain I was stressed I was overwhelmed I wasn't in a job that I was made for because it wasn't teaching and um and yoga was the the balancer to that and the, the refuge and then of course because I'm the teacher I'm like of course I want to teach this now and um and that's that's really where the the teaching part came in and it's ishta
0: yoga like mm-hmm. there was also i was just writing about like i think back that time i i come to new york it was four or 500 yoga studios on manhattan mm-hmm. and i bumped into ishta that i'm mm-hmm. you how did you bumped into ishta why why that oh
1: again like you know everything. I feel is is. I see that. Um. I believe that there is a guiding force behind us, and that guiding force knows what are the what the magic breadcrumbs are mm. that we will need to be taken into various situations. And so, for Ishta, I was practicing yoga at a gym one of the teachers that, and and it's so weird. I mean, everything ends up being synchronistic because it's all like you're aligning, really. It's resonance. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the yoga teachers um, who I really liked, I asked her, you know, and I was kind of shy and I wasn't that quote unquote great at yoga. I just just really liked it. And I just knew that I'm a teacher. So um, I asked her and I said, you know, I'm thinking about doing yoga, becoming a yoga teacher. Can you recommend any, any places? And at that point I I visited a couple of studios. I'd taken class with actually a yoga teacher called Marco Rokas, who I really liked because he, he was strong. He was tough. He is kind of sexy. I'm not going to lie. Um, and but he did also, yeah. he did. Yeah. But he also had like this, like it was, it was what I felt was pure yoga. Like there was deep or there was philosophy being like put into the classes and that discipline I enjoyed. Um, so when i asked this teacher at new york sports club you know where to where to go and try out i'd already been to a couple of places i knew i liked marco's classes but i didn't like the studio that he was affiliated to um it was pure yoga up in the upper east side which was at that time all the rage i didn't like it i don't want to do yoga training there and um Lale, the teacher said, well, there's a new studio called Ishta, it's a guy called Alan Finker, he used to be part of Yoga Works, but he's kind of got his own little offshoot, it's just opened, and I think it would be really a good, I've heard it's a good studio, and I went down there, and the night before, I'd had a dream about something someone was saying in a yoga class, and I walked into the class, and the teacher said exactly what I had been dreaming about, and when I came out of the class, there was a big picture of Marco on the wall, even though Marco was not teaching there at that time, no I later discovered that he was one of Alan's students. So I was just like, okay, this is the teacher that I wanted to study with, but I didn't like the studio, which was pure. This teacher's here as part of this lineage. And I just had this total resonance, literally walked into the class and and the same words about shoes at the door and all the rest of it was just, and it was Jean Kerner. And I, I walked to the front desk. I'd never taken another yoga class there and I signed up for teacher training that day.
0: That's which, so crazy because this is almost <laughs> my total story. Funny. I right. never took a class, ever. Right, which
1: which you know is really unusual yes. you know I mean I think this is it's ironic because you know you and I are both trained through that uh, lineage and most of the people have been going for like I don't know at least six months a year to then do yoga teacher training and me like I had not even been doing yoga that long I think I'd only been doing yoga maybe like seven or eight months like yes. I hadn't and, and now I look back you know it's like so much I realized with hindsight how different my story was but I literally went took that class came out and you know said okay I'm doing yoga training I, I didn't even know who Alan Finger was I'd never taken a meditation class so I was in for a real shock when we started you know
0: it, that's that's so funny because that's exactly what happened to me and like that's what we, 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 we know each other. I think it's more and more karma. I realize it more and more than like beyond. <laughs> so the first circle when we are sitting and and so why are you here? And they, we, they went around and asked everybody. And I said, I don't know why I'm here. I just uh, here on, uh, I never took a class. And yeah. Alan had one word, karma. And I didn't understand what that mean back then. Me too. Mm-hmm. And like, okay. Yeah. You... You were te- you was actually teaching a whole time. So when you did a yoga teacher training, you jumped on to teaching directly.
1: Um not directly. Oh. I was doing little bits and pieces. Um and so I was doing little bits and pieces, but I wasn't teaching full time. I was still in real estate. Um and, but then I did go I did take a break. I was back in Europe for a little and when I came back to the US, I said, right, I am now gonna see if I can just teach full time. And so that was that was in 2013.
0: And what happened then? Because then you also did the polarity therapy with me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Our, that was huge. Like for me mm-hmm. it was huge. And yeah. you are if you want to talk about that just a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so Again, I always kind of seem to fall into things backwards. Um, I began teaching yoga in 2013. I had a really, really toxic relationship in 2015. And I just couldn't make sense of it. I I now understand it was, you know, someone who was suffering from, um, you know, um sociopathic behavior, but <laughs> I couldn't make any sense of it at the time. And I was all over the place. And I started seeing uh, one of my Ishta teachers, Wendy Newton, who was doing polarity sessions, and, and we would do sessions regularly. She was there for me when the when the um hurricane came, and it was just a total mess. I mean, I was just an absolute wreck, and she was there for me and after like I don't know me you know what now I think back so I was thinking probably she just had enough of doing therapy with me she was like why don't you just do the training (laughs) I'm done with like listening to your stuff again and again just do the training god damn it but she (laughs) and I didn't want to you know I was like what is I don't even understand what I'm again you know I don't even understand what I'm doing here just feel better when I leave um and you know I she kept inviting me to various like workshops and stuff and I was like no way it's miles away it's out in Long Island like I I don't have time for this you know um and uh you know again eventually I decided to come along and and sign up and I I still don't really know exactly why why I did or why I, I do um which I in some ways I think is a good thing you know uh that relationship with someone who was definitely sociopathic, they were also in the spiritual realm. And I was so abhorred by their deliberate misuse of spirituality, deliberate misuse of energy work. I was enraged by it because they were using um this kind of hierarchical idea that they had knowledge, spiritual knowledge, energy knowledge, that they could see auras, that they could tell where your energy was off and you couldn't. And it was um, that mixed with like kind of warped sexuality and narcissistic behavioral patterns. And I, I hated that. And I, but I also knew that he did have some kind of, um There was some healing going on and there was something happening with his clients and so i was i think deep down i was kind of determined to put right to wrong and kind of like well i'm going to do this if there's going to be energy healers out there i want to be one that's authentic Mm. like if there's him and he's doing manipulative work then you know I'm going to do, I'm going to work for the good, I'm going to work for the white side. <laughs> I'm going to work yeah. for the light side. Um, I think that was my thinking back then. And um, yeah, so.
0: And you did, we, we went through the program. Then we went through the program. I, I left New York and you left New York. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you ended up Where? First you, were, so, you yes. went to India,
1: that's what I, I... Yeah, you know, I have such an um, affiliation with India. I can't explain it. I don't know where it comes from, um, but I freaking love India. Um, I mean, I guess I can explain it. You know, I love the colors. I love the chaos. I love the fact that the, there, there is such deep faith and reverence and spiritual practice that is just... It's just everywhere. Um, So when I go there, it's, I love the chanting. I I just love it. And uh, I've been to the north, I've been to the south, I've been to the middle. And I left New York when my son went off to college. Um, I wanted a fresh start. So I actually was back in Edinburgh for a while, and then I um decided to do a month panchakarma, which is the yogic cleanse or the ayurvedic cleanse, which I'd never done. I'd done like small, like mini things myself, but never full panchakarma. So that was intense. That was March of 2022. So that was four weeks in an ashram. Um doing all of the pro the Ayurvedic protocols. Uh, I, I mean unbelievable in terms of you know the you know when I say a cleanse we tend to think of either like a juice cleanse or a gut cleanse. This is you know Ayurveda is not just physical, it's spiritual, it's energy body. So you're you're cleansing all of the the energetic body, which you know, it allows you to see things a little bit clearer, um, feel things a little bit more. You're you're kind of doing an upgrade on your system, to to increase your intuition, and and I believe that the yoga practice and Ayurveda are, I mean, I I believe that it's all about becoming a channel. You know, it, it's never talked about in, in yoga like explicitly um but my experience is that when you practice yoga and and you you clean your mind through the yoga practice and the meditation practice you clean your body through the ayurvedic practice then you are increasing your psychic abilities Hmm. and i think that that's what and psychic meaning you know not not you know gypsy lee and a in a crystal ball kind of way, but more beyond the mind, you know, psychic, psychic means beyond the mind, like your ability to tune into that, which is beyond your mind. Mm. And I believe that that's really um, the the purpose of yoga and, and Ayurveda. And, and then when you have your own psychic abilities, you don't need to be asking everyone else for advice because you kind of know yourself what you need to be doing guided and
0: i think that's the part which was i was really hoping to i wanted to show you first before we actually going into this bigger topic that i want to talk with you about because then you have this background from yoga you have the background of ayurveda you have a background of energy work then you go back to the united states Mm -hmm. and get the diagnosis I cannot say the word diagnosis.
1: (laughs) Yeah so this was uh, October 2022. I decided to move to California um, primarily because of the yoga Ayurveda connection there and um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer which you know everything is what we talk about holistic we have to see that we tend to get very um, single-minded with ourselves uh, and tend to be like unifocal as opposed to bifocal so initially I would say this came out the blue you know I didn't have any clue that this was happening but You know, when we talk about something like karma, cause and effect, like everything has a trace back. And so I did, I was diagnosed with stage one, triple negative breast cancer. And at first it was like, it's a shock. Where did this come from? Nobody in my family has breast cancer. I can't believe it. How dare it happen to me? I'm a yoga teacher. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. I've just done a month in India, God damn it. So there was that part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was that part, and then there was also like the other part, which is, you know, what we have to say is like the, the shadow part, the part that is, yes, but didn't you have to do regular mammograms because for the past 12 years they've seen calcifications there. That they told you could become something that you chose to ignore because you decided that you were going to, you know, that breast cancer wasn't in your family, that you were healthy, that you were untouchable because of your yoga practice and Ayurveda and Panchakarmas and, you know, mantras and mudras. And, um, yes. So, so it came, it at the end of the day, though, it's still to get that call to say, you know, we have, we find a tumor is, is a shock. Like it's kind of, you're rolling along and then it's like, everything just screeches to a halt and whether or not you've, you've been you know aware that it, there was something going on or just in complete denial, it's like, okay, things are
0: changing now. And what happened then? Because I, I told you that, uh, you kind of right now to, for me is a, is a, um, speaker to my friends who actually get the same no. uh, diagnosis like you or even like other kind of cancers and mm-hmm. i'm very as as an outsider i can never feel that what you are feeling who actually get this call yeah. What happened then? What happens in 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 what happened in you? And how could you mm. manage to go through all these things that you did, like the operations, the
1: mm.
0: chemo, the losing your hair, everything? How could you go through?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think my training as uh, not my training. I think all of the teachings, because, up, you know, I at the point that I get a diagnosis, I am, boy, I'm like 12, 13 years into a solid yoga practice. So, and I don't just mean like, you know, warrior one, warrior two kind of yoga. I mean, like I've been going to practice and studying um, the teachings, listening to the teachings, and I always practiced with teachers who were giving teachings, not just the poses. So, what people may not may not realize if they're practicing with teachers who are giving teachings is you because of the the prana and the pranayama that you're doing the breath that you're doing and your one-pointed focus in a posture and you have maybe a background of teachings what is happening as if you're going to those kind of classes is those teachings are actually becoming imbued like a sponge like a you know, when you get like the Christmas pudding, you pour a little bit of uh, brandy in and it soaks yeah. in and then you yes. pour a little bit more brandy and then eventually, you know, it, it ripens the cake. So I've had 13 years and because of the teachers I've been going to, and, the, and I liked the teachings, like all of those were like in my body. I knew that I had wisdom actually in me. Like I was a treasure chest of teachings. Now, when i got the diagnosis i mean there's it's not to say that i'm like you know yoda from star wars i of course i flipped out like oh my god i got some good advice you know people said to me don't google anything don't start googling Mm -hmm. this is your path this is your journey you'll get to know what you need to know you don't need to know what everyone else has been through um, so that was one really good piece of advice. So I didn't Google everything. Um, I trusted my oncologist that she would give me the information that I needed to know. And I didn't get caught in a rabbit hole. Um, and that ties into the the teaching that is especially an Ishtar teaching that you are unique. like, And we do have a Dharma that you know, you can give me all the stats about breast cancer or whatever. Um, I have no idea how it's affecting my body or how it's going to affect me because I don't know my path. And that requires me to have a little bit of faith. Um. So uh, the other thing I did was, again, the, the concept of a guru in yoga is – we tend to think of it in the Western way as someone who has all the knowledge, who has, you know, like they're om- omniscient about everything. But the word guru means someone who holds the light for those in the path behind them. Yeah. So I went to gurus of breast cancer and I had a couple of my friends, girlfriends from way back who'd been through breast cancer. And I think the first thing I did was I reached out to them and I said, hey, I've just got this diagnosis, can you talk about your experience? On the, on the one hand, knowing that it's not going to be my experience and also learning from them as gurus, people who had been through this who could hold the light for me. Hmm. And they um, were both 10-year survivors, so that was, you know, okay, these are people who have been through this, they've gone through it, they're on the other side. Um so I lent heavily into support, support from my family, support from my friends, uh, those who'd been through it. I didn't go on cancer support groups initially because um, because I didn't want to get caught up in the in the the conversation before I even started my own journey. Um, the So I chose to have a double mastectomy just because, although they found the tumor in one side, the other side, the left side had DCIS, which is not cancerous yet, but it's like pre-cancerous. And they found a large area. So that for me just felt like a bit of a ticking time bomb. And I just thought, you know, I'd rather just live with everything taken out, and I knew that they could do reconstruction, and I wanted to do reconstruction. For me, I didn't really have um, too much of a decision about was I going to have reconstruction or not. Immediately, I thought, you know, I want to get the double mastectomy and I want to do reconstruction, um, and interestingly enough after the surgery i mean i'd be i was kind of i was kind of scared about the surgery i don't like general anesthetic i don't like not being conscious um i i just was thinking you know i just i want to come back you know i don't want to take this exit door i do want to come back so uh i i use my spirituality and my connection with i, I think of my I have like a guidance team. They're like my medical team in the ethers, you know. uh Like there's, there's. I have a chemist and I have a an ishta devata, like a individual little goddess for myself. And I I would go to bed like weeks before the surgery, and I would just tell them, I'm like, guys. Okay, I need an oncologist up there. I need someone to be in the surgery room with me. I need the chemist. You need to be dealing with like all of the, the chemistry in my body to make things okay. Uh, You know, primary guide, ishta Devara. Like you need to keep me safe and like support me with this. And it was really interesting, it because prior to the surgery, what would be happening is I would have dreams that, that I would call them like my, spirit team they would kind of give me dreams of going through the surgery yeah and it was like they would show me going through the surgery hmm. and i would feel okay i would wake up in the morning and i'd be like oh they 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 did like a trial run last night and um and so the day of the surgery i went there i had the surgery i did not have to take any painkillers um i was tender yes uh it was um like kind of waking up and going oh gosh you know this that was big um but i i didn't feel too phased i didn't feel too phased afterwards i actually felt okay um and I think again just the yoga practice of you know I'm not my body my body's going to change there's not a change you know um and I can truly say that it wasn't like I was brainwashing myself to think that I truly woke up and I thought okay my body's changed hmm so that was really, I would say, like the first part of the journey. I wasn't in pain. I realized there'd been a change, but wasn't too affected by it. Um and then because it was uh triple negative, they wanted to do chemotherapy. And so this would be what I would call like, you know. <laughs> We uh you know, there's there's always like three parts to every story, right? The middle part is the challenging part. I like think the first part you go in and there's some part of change, and then there's a challenge, and then you come out at the end. So the chemotherapy was a different story. you know, I kind of did I wasn't too worried about going to it, but um, I did, in fact, have an allergic reaction on the first chemo, which was really scary um and every chemo subsequent to that I was worried that there was going to be a reaction it wasn't a pleasant place to to be um and when my hair started to fall out I something came over me that I just thought you know what I have to make lemonade here I This is happening. There's no way, you know, we're not going back now. We have to move forward. And I, again, had an intuition. I'm kind of like, well, what can I do? And I just thought, well, the only thing I can do is I have an online studio, which I did or do. And I'm going through this experience where my hair is falling out. I love to teach yoga. All I can do is give something back and create some kind of digital content for people who might want to practice because if you you know i'm relatively young and i have a yoga practice already but then when i'm going through chemotherapy i can't go to the studio because my immune system is compromised i can't be around other people um i'm you know you know not able to keep up with a class that is very challenging and i don't want to Um, And the last thing was I was wearing a wig. And when you go into downward dog, unless you've got your wig like super glued on, your wig's going to fall off. So the whole thing just became like, okay, this is a nightmare. What about other people that want to practice yoga? And there are a few cancer related yoga classes online and resources, but not so many and so I created what I call wigs off. I created an online hub called Pretty in Pink. And within that called the yoga classes Wigs Off Yoga because I wanted to just allow women to come to do a practice and comfort of the home home with someone who was like them, you know, who could take the wig off and say, Right, girls, ladies, um. Yes take your wigs off, let's get down to it and and give them a way to move that would take into account the lymphatic uh, lymphedema, that would take into account the fact that they were going through chemo, that take into account the fact that they might have scarring or just sensitivity in their bodies. So that felt really good and kind of moved me through my three three and a half months of chemotherapy I would teach I would record and I would also you know we have a word in yoga called Svadhyaya self-study that you're always looking at what's going on and and so I was thinking well this hair loss what what is it what is it energetically that I'm losing here when I lose my hair Mm. what is the energy of the hair what does it mean when it goes back in yeah. what does ayurveda have to say about this what's importance of the crown of the head um because you do shift identity you do and you and, uh, you do you do and you don't <laughs> mm. you know there's there's definitely there's nowhere to hide when you don't have hair mm. so you are truly exposed yeah for the good the bad and the ugly you know you're there's nowhere to hide you know your your full head your brain is literally exposed you um your face your expressions there's you know, women use hair so much to create identity. You know, I want to put my hair up, I want to feel sporty, I have it down, feel sexy. Um you can only be you when you have no hair. And you have to be you 24. You know, and that's so funny. You know, that that was another thing before my hair fell. I, I would try the wigs on, and it was like, oh my god, this is kind of cool. Look at this, I could be red today, look at that, I could be blonde, how cool. It's a different feeling trying wigs on to the feeling when you have no hair and it's it's 20 it's 24-7 being exposed to you ness. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Nick, did you met other women who had yoga practices or do you met women who hasn't had any yoga practice?
1: You know, I would go to there was like a cancer support group um in the hospital that I was getting treatment with. Um and you know, the people were doing a little bit of yoga. Um, I don't I didn't meet anyone who in that group, anyone who had the yoga practice, you know, as, as like a yoga teacher. Um, they were just kind of like, they got cancer and they were doing a little bit of yoga to help stress and anxiety. And it's true that the chemo drugs and the steroids they give you, they make you very agitated. Like the energy is, is, you know, it's, it's very weird. I can't really explain what it is, but it definitely affects your physical body and your energy body. And it, and you do have an agitation around you. Um, which the yoga can help with and the pranayama can help with a little bit. Um, I did hear afterwards of other people who have yoga practices who had been through cancer and, you know, survivors like five years ago, 10 years ago. So a lot of people who, you know, you don't know people's story, but a lot of people came up to me after and, you know, they knew and they said, oh, by the way, you, you won't know this about me, but I went through this 10 years ago, 15 years ago um so that and that's and that's really heartening to see because they're totally normal healthy functioning people with their yoga practice Mm.
0: I kind of stuck in that moment that you said about the hair losing your hair like I'm just I'm just still there I think Mm. for me it was like okay wow because like you are exposed to to the universe, like you are mm-hmm. you are exposed to everybody, but also what I felt when you said that, like you have nothing between you and the greater powers, is just like, hey, it's you and me, nothing between. It is,
1: it is. I mean, it's you know, in in a lot of spiritual traditions, they do shave heads because. It is that like there's nothing between you and me. Wow. And I and I do believe that, you know, the chemotherapy, um, and even now I'm so I'm seven months post-chemo, uh, it is it is well, in my case, it actually was a plant medicine. I mean, it, it literally the one of the chemotherapy drugs was derived from plants. So um <laughs> We talk about plant medicines healing and and yes and and it's highly highly toxic as i say the first day having that allergic reaction i could feel like the chemotherapy in like when it hit my brain it, when it hit the veins like within 30 seconds i mean literally felt it in my go into the bloodstream and boy you know it is not a joke um it's designed to kill fast replicating cells and you know the bodies you know we have our physical body but there's also the energetic body and it kind of it's like a little bubble around us but when the body is being so uh you know destroyed, destroyed from the inside. it is it is a destructive force through the body. It destroys the um, etheric layer. In my understanding, it, it's a it, it destroys the etheric layer. and you know, that the hair is one of the most etheric parts of the body. There's nowhere that is existing or in us that is more fine than the hair. It's the the least dense part of ourselves, and um, and there there's a feeling of a vulnerability that is very difficult to understand. I think unless you've kind of been through that. I mean, now that I have been through that, I I don't know whether everyone experiences this, or perhaps just because I have such a deep um you know training in energy work training in polarity training in the subtle healing arts but i definitely that's what i feel and um when i was going through that i just wanted someone to put their hands on me like i wanted to have some depth and some like rounding groundedness to me because i felt like almost like a ghost um mm-hmm because everything that's, that's, that would normally be life promoting is being killed. And there is a sense of that, you know, your body has a wisdom intelligence. So I mean, I don't think the, doc- the doctors, it's not really their job to understand this, the doctors want to understand something from a cellular place. But my quote, unquote, job is to understand things from a human place and a spiritual place. And so I don't think the doctors get this part where yes, you're killing off cells that are fast growing, that that will be cancer cells, but there is the body's Vijnana Maya kosha or a wisdom sheath is aware that there's a death happening and um it's it's difficult. It was also very difficult for me to meditate um that etheric cord to my spiritual practice or to my spirit guides was was hard. To um, you know, it was very hard, and it and it still is a little bit hard actually to do a meditation and to connect back into my intuition because I think a lot of the the brain cells are affected during chemotherapy. So, um, so I really had to have faith. You know, I really had to say, okay, even though I cannot hear and see my guides as much as I would normally, I just have to trust that they're there. I have to trust that that there's some something that wants me to stay here in a body,
0: yeah. And if and if it doesn't,
1: then I have to trust that too, you know.
0: Wow. Because that's so it. I I get this picture in my head that like this, this 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 like i can i cannot even i cannot even describe it because it's just beautiful and at the same time scary like this your soul is there but you are not there and something else is coming and you don't know what it's like the place between two things then and you are exposed to the powers around you, but you not see them and you have to trust them. And this wisdom is, the wisdom is still there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, what is, I mean, just like absolutely phenomenal and crazy. I mean, we we cannot, because we're not made, we don't have the like hardware, to see our guides. We don't have the hardware to see the big picture. Um, we have to rely on little snippets we can see that we can see or read. And for me, one huge, huge thing that I saw and it's just a silly thing, but in the the hospital that I was in, you know, every time I would get blood tests they would it would go on it would be uploaded onto an online portal. And so I could see and track all my blood work and it was happening like every couple of weeks. And so I could see my blood, all of the blood um, measurements before the, like the day before my surgery, the mastectomy. um, And they were all within normal range. The day of my, they took blood work after the surgery, the day of that uh, blood work, it was all completely crashed down. Like, just plummeted down unbelievable and then what you see over the course of six months is the body start to get itself back up to regulated measurement over every single blood measurement not just one because if you look at my literally you can see my chart like they all crashed So, you know, I just speak about that. I get chills because what, I mean, I'm not doing it. I'm not regulating the buttons. And that is something that I just thought, you know, I'm not doing it. My body is regulating itself. Like it is, it knows how to get itself back. You know, and my hair, as it started to grow back, it's like, it looks completely different. It is a different color. It's a different shape, texture, and so on. I am being shown this is who I am going to be next. Not me me choosing, you know, this is me being shown who I'm going to be next. And and it's still, now I'm still recalibrating. I've taken three months off um, here in Edinburgh to... To just kind of process it through all my surgeries, but just to let my body recalibrate and heal, it definitely has had um an effect on my energetic system, on my thoughts. It's you know I'm not re- I'm not out the tunnel yet. Physically, I kind of am, but that etheric layer is still is still coming back together again, and it's it's a weird place because I'm not who I'm gonna be but I'm definitely not who I was. So I feel like I'm a little bit like a patchwork doll. Like there's definitely chunks that are missing. Um, There's definitely, you know, days when I feel anxious or depressed or I don't feel like me. And I come back to the idea that, you know, just like my blood work comes back, the physical body comes back, the energy body will start to repair itself. And... And and give me a different a new vibration, and I come back to faith in that, and and just you know ask that that happens.
0: It's just, I I, I almost want like to just sink that in. Uh, but now you are, you are there. You are, and you went through, and you see that something changed, and you don't know really the next step Uh, but you have a faith and i'm just listening to you all the nuggets that i want to give all these people who are maybe sitting there and listening to you and have the diagnosis or even went through operation or and and they're in the space and maybe doesn't even have a yoga practice nothing what can you give them right now uh for help, or to be, what can they do?
1: Hmm. You know, I think I just see the analogy of the iceberg that we know a little bit about what is going on, and our bodies are going to be going if you do have a diagnosis some or you know someone who has a diagnosis their body is going to be doing stuff it's going to be experiencing different um different chemicals different feelings the body may be changing there may be surgeries involved so the body is going to be changing and shifting that will have an impact on their you could say, quote-unquote, personality. Um, but there's a lot going on, just like in an iceberg, there's a lot going on underneath that we don't know. And um, I think it makes us just become conscious, very conscious of how precious life is you know what that we are in a body no matter you know even on the crummiest days when i did not feel good um like i still am in a body okay it's not up to maximum strength i'm not doing what i want to do and so on but i still am here and i know if i'm still here it's because i'm supposed to be still here and i'm still here because there's some reason i need to be even if it's not now, it could be a future part of like a future thing. So I think on the dark days when I, you know, it was dark, you know, it's it's chemo can take you to really dark places. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would always just remind myself, I bought myself a teddy bear. That was a good thing. Yeah. Maybe that's my advice. If you're out there and you're listening to this, buy yourself a teddy bear. And if you've got someone you know who's going through a diagnosis, get them a teddy bear because that was like my my little spirit person. You know, that would be who I would talk to and and just, uh, you know, and, and I would, you know, I just know, I was like, okay, if I'm still in my body, yeah, then I'm still here for a reason. Yeah, you just keep on walking. Keep on
0: walking it's hard to just ask you what's next but because you already said that uh yeah I
1: guess what's next is is figuring out like I in the same way I didn't invite the diagnosis to come to me I don't at the point I'm kind of like I don't know what's next but I I know I can't teach what I was teaching before in the same way uh and I'm, I'm sitting trying to be still and quiet and asking like how can i help um i do have that resource that i was talking about the pretty and pink resource is a free online resource for anyone who wants to have yoga that is for you know cancer it's uh, it's available it's always on my always on my online studio um, which is beautiful-alchemy.heymarvelous.com or you could just google nick watson and uh, go onto my online studio it's pretty in pink so that's always there um i don't know what is going to be next i hope to continue to offer wisdom to to those who who need it um and I don't know what shape or form that's going to look like. So I'm just going to do what I've always done, which is kind of tumble backwards into things, edit, and trust.
0: And this whole time you have a halo around your head. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Halo around your head and love on your t-shirt oh yeah I mean I think
1: that's it just just I'm not gonna say try and be positive because you know I know there's, there's gonna be dark days for people and um just you know reach out to reach out to people use use those around who have been through challenging times you know and uh I just, I feel at the moment in the collective, I just keep coming back to the Ram Das quotation. You know, we're all just walking each other home. You know, we, I feel that the past three years, regardless of diagnosis or not, we all, we're we all a little bruised and battered and crutches and half an arm off and, you know, <laughs> no hair. <right>? and <laughs> Like the weird Barbie. I feel like we're all a bunch of weird Barbies just trying to, you know make our way into another year and i think like i can offer what i offer to people is you know being able to do body work like put my hands. someone comes to me they tell me i'm going through this i'll be like okay i have a table would you like to go and lie down on my table would you like me to put my hands onto your body Where I can help your nervous system regulate itself and without needing to get in your panty drawer about what's going on or how you feel about it or, you know, into all of the details. I'm just like, okay, I trust that um, these two hands can help others. And yeah. Yeah. And.
0: And your hair is gorgeous.
1: Thank you, Ada. <laughs> it's a it's an evolution.
0: It's de- definitely an evolution. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to to talk to you and anytime and anywhere. And and I'm so grateful that you could go into depth of what you went through. Because I think uh I never hear these stories on the way that you told me this story and I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm very hopeful that this this story is going out viral so they can people everywhere can listen to that.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think it's, it's been a blessing to be an energy worker at first. I thought it was a curse, like to be an, like I failed as an energy practitioner failed as an Ayurvedic practitioner failed as a Yogi practitioner, but maybe my, you know, depth of sensitivity and awareness of all of the bodies will give people a little bit different perspective on, on this than just a kind of medical place. Um, that's all that, that's what I have to offer and if it's helpful to someone out there, then you know feel free to share it and, and as I say, I'm always open to people being in touch with me personally um to offer them advice or give them answers as best I can. you know, I am a, a spiritual teacher and and helper Earth helper that's what I am. Thank you, thank you,
0: Ella. And I'm just, I'm just staying there. Like, thank you. I just made this beautiful conversation with Nick and uh, some. <laughs> places I had very hard time to not cry but not because I was sad but it, because it was so beautiful and I really much hope that a lot a lot of people can listen to her story because this give me a lot of hope, a lot of inspiration. And the story that i always wanted to hear so stay tuned because i'm coming back with more people more inspiration and more hope have a beautiful week friends bye